0: Welcome to Wealth Alchemy Lab, where we show you how spirituality, money, and pleasure not only can go together, but that they must. Activate your soul-driven path to your most fulfilling life possible through riveting interviews from our archives. And wisdom from your host, ex-lawyer turned unconventional business strategist and spiritual catalyst, Kavita Aurora. This is an interview that was repurposed from an event in 2016 called Speak Up From Your Heart. Some of the links that are mentioned may not be available, but there will be a link to each person's website in the show notes so you can find them if you wish. Enjoy the interview.
1: Welcome. I'm so excited that you are here to join us for the Speak Up From Your Heart video jam. where We're really uh, empowering your hidden voice and helping it to emerge so you can have the courageous conversations that you want to have, need to have, maybe you're avoiding, but uh, to help you to step into those conversations that change your life So that you can create true prosperity in your life, in your work, in everything that you do. And I have with me today someone who is so special to me, has had such a deep impact on my life. And I want to tell you a little bit about her first, just personally. And... uh, Christina Rilo, I've known her for many years now, and from the very beginning when I was starting my business, I uh, I was admiring her from afar and felt like... She's such such an amazing strength and a power. And I've been able to uh, have the honor and the opportunity to get to know her well and to work with her. And she is uh, someone whose story, which you'll hear more about some of her stories, has moved me to my core and the courage she had in leaving corporate and stepping into her calling and empowering women and really bringing the feminine to the world and just uh, the, the model that she is, the inspiration that she is and the catalyst that she is for so many women and for me. So I'm delighted to share with you Christina Rilo, and I'll tell you a little bit more about you know, her, her formal background now. She's an inspirational catalyst, a catalyst like I described, a best-selling author and a spiritual advocate and she's on a mission to create a new reality for women and for girls one that's based on true feminine power freedom and self-love instead of the relentless pursuit and unsustainable pressure of having to do be and have it all and she's written two best-selling books choosing me before we which is the one I uh, the first one I read and really impacted me and I knew I had to meet her after that and madly in love with me the Daring Adventure to Becoming Your Own Best Friend with a, with a third on the way based on her breakthrough program, Inner Mean Girl Reform School, which has helped over 23,000 women on six continents transform their inner critics. And she's been featured on all sorts of media outlets like CBS and ABC and Fox and Huffington Post and she uh, usually lives in Northern California with her partner, Noah. But in 2013, they sold their house to live their dream of living, working, and speaking and teaching from anywhere in the world. True freedom and power and love. And then you can also see her right now at her sanctuary in Sonoma. Hi, Christine. Welcome. (laughs) It's
2: true. We came off the road and we are living in beautiful wine country in Valley of the Moons. You're in my backyard, everyone, right now. I have a waterfall running for us and beautiful flowers blooming everywhere. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> I've been to your lovely
1: sanctuary. It's it's really gorgeous. And uh, I'm just so delighted and honored to uh, have you with us here today, Christine. And I'd love to begin with just hearing, you know, I know you receive so many different invitations and, you know, you're you're a very sought after speaker and leader. And what is it that inspired you to participate in this event? What was it that seemed important to you about this event and this message
2: first of all I just want to lean in a little here and say hello to everyone eye to eye I I, um, I love being on video it's one of the things I love about sacred technologies that we can be like hi there's real people out there <laughs> and and connect at this eye and this heart level and and I had the great pleasure and honor of being able to talk to Kavita Leela as this was coming forth and kind of brewing inside of you and um, as, as you began to explain to me this mission and this passion inside of you to really support women to tell the truth, to speak up, to speak out, to speak from their hearts, I just got all fired up inside myself because I I am a, a big believer in the courage of a woman's heart, of the power of a woman's heart, of how important it is, especially at this time in herstory or history, depending on which word you'd like to use. Um, to to not only speak our truth, but to speak it with love, to speak it with grace, to speak it with true feminine power, and that if we can do that, if we can find that place in our bodies, in our voice, in our spirits, in our minds, we can actually get what we need, which I think is so important for us as women, because... Oftentimes we don't, but we don't even know how to ask for it, so it comes in kind of sideways a lot of times. Um, and I just love your stand, Kavita, Lita, for for all of us to really be able to, you know, stand in that place of what I would call um, your your center of power, which is fierce grace. That that fierce grace place of how do you show up like as a powerful woman who knows what she wants, or she's not quite sure what she wants, she's able to, you know, to go for it. But to, And to do it in a way where you're calm and you're centered and you're compassionate and saying the truth at the same time. That the truth and compassion aren't separate, but they're together. So I have all these hearts out here with me, with you all. I feel like it's like a whole conversation. I got a pink one. I think I got five hearts right here. It's like, you keep coming. But I just feel like that's what we're doing here together. Now the sun is shining in. So I'm just excited to share with you all. The, um, the journey I've taken and I think one of the disservices we do as women is we don't get together enough in circle in this way whether it's virtual or in person to tell the truth and it's easy as you were reading my bio Kavita Leela I was like yeah, okay all those things are true and I could remember the day I could add the Huckington Poe or I could <laughs> add this this TV station or whatever but you know the truth is it's like it's really easy to look at anyone from the outside and look at their bio But if someone's really honest with you, it's like there have been so many times in my life where I have, you know, been in tears. There have been so many times in my life where I didn't know how to move forward. There have been so many times where I have not come across as the graceful, beautiful woman that I'd love to be. And and it's each of those almost initiations that, you know, eventually I found my way to my heart to speak from, from love that has really tempered me into um, to who, I can, who I can be and sit here with all of you today. So I just um, honor you all for being here, for spending your time with us in this way and, and just want to share the truth um, versus the bio.
1: Yeah. I love that. Thank you for that. Yes. and uh,
2: yeah. Plus the light is shining on me so they're not going to let me do anything else. It's awful illumination here. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's great. Yeah. And it's, um, it's so refreshing to see someone as accomplished as you not be so all about the accomplishments and the outside and really value something deeper and something more authentic and real and also just all the different parts. Like, like it's, you know, it's 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 not it's not like you are all those pieces. And I also really liked uh what you what you shared, and I think it's important, so important, is that you know when you first start speaking up, it's not always from your heart. It's not always so perfect looking on the outside like the bio. Like that that's a profound point and a really Important point because it can be really messy sometimes in the beginning and and it can take some time to learn I know for me it took quite a long time as you know to dro- really truly drop into my heart and learn to speak from there so thank you for for sharing that wisdom it's very important
2: yeah and, and I know you're going to ask me a couple of questions but something just popped up as you as you were saying that is I think one of the I'll just give you one of my little nuggets before, just like right now just kind of popped in, is that to speak courageously and to speak the loving truth actually requires you to slow down. Mm-hmm. And this is something Kavita Lila and I have in common, and perhaps you do as well, where you like to move fast, you like to go fast, you, your mind moves fast, you, you know, you're, I, I know I'm always, I'm a recovering achievement junkie, um, or I'm an achiever who's also learned to be a receiver, and there's this intensity and this desire and this, this fire, And what I've learned about courageous conversations and what I've learned about speaking from my heart, often the hard way, um, sometimes not the hard way, but often the hard way, is that it requires a certain level of presence and a certain surrender to, um, to be vulnerable, which previously was one of my most, I couldn't even say the word vulnerable about eight years ago. Like, you know, Noah, my partner, who I'll talk a little bit about today, he's like, Christine, you know, you just don't like to be vulnerable. You kind of like to be in control. And I was like, I can't even say the word vulnerable. I was like, you know, he's like, it's okay if you feel a little weak. I'm like, ah, weak? What are you talking about? You know, I'm like, I don't have any weaknesses, people. Like, you know, forget about that. And, 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 and Noah is such a great teacher to me. He moves at a slower space, pace than mm-hmm. I naturally, which I used to judge as like not as good. But what I've learned is that in the slower place, um, I see things I might not see. And it does allow me to be vulnerable, that sometimes being so fast and being so pushy or being so intense was a way to protect myself, to protect my heart, yeah, and Noah taught me his definition of vulnerable, which I think is probably the best one I've ever heard. Which is the um, the willingness. He says vulnerability is the willingness to be affected by another, the willingness to be affected by another. Wow. And so I think about any of the craziest conversations I had. I mean even though I am a very powerful, confident woman, I have a very sensitive heart. You all, like, seriously, like, it's very sensitive. And so I learned all these amazing ways to protect myself, you know? Like, you know, if it felt threatened, like I'll lop your head off, I'll get bigger than you, I'll move faster than you, whatever that would be. And in my relationship, especially with Noah, but also other relationships, I learned to trust the vulnerability. And I learned to trust my feminine power of slowing down versus that masculine need to always be driving, driving, driving. and I found that my heart actually was more protected and less protected um, Mm. because I learned to slow down, because I learned to, to pick the people I could open up most vulnerably to and discern between those different people and also trust that slowing down would actually get me to where I wanted to go faster.
1: Yeah,
2: as, as totally as it doesn't make sense like in your brain. And so I just share that with you, that piece of slowing down and that piece of vulnerability. And I think oftentimes, especially when things are challenging or they feel crunchy or we feel scared, we want to speed it up and, you know, get to the end or we want to avoid. But the slowing down is actually what gets us to a deeper truth
1: mm-hmm. that
2: unfold possibilities that we couldn't even see before.
1: Yes. You've said so many profound things that we'll pick up on uh, one or two of them. Uh, What you said about vulnerability really resonated because uh, I, I used to have a really hard time with vulnerability, too, and the hard shell around me. And like almost like it it, it it was it was a weakness to be vulnerable and to to share that part or that um you know and It's moving
2: over here in the shape. Keep going. <laughs> All
1: right. Yeah or like it it, it just um it, it felt like if I exposed that part, that something bad was gonna happen or someone was gonna like take advantage of me or think less of me and uh, you know, and then yes, like you said, like in the going fast and then just keeping the walls up, I could protect the soft heart underneath. But I really resonate with what you said as I've taken the layers off and like it, at times, been so scared to be vulnerable, but if when you when you open your heart without the defenses, what like you said about being prote- feeling actually more protected than when you put all the protections up and then someone sees a chink and they, <laughs> you know, they find they find that that piece of like it just then it freaks you out and you fall apart, but you're trying to still pretend to be together versus, you know, just Okay, I'm gonna feel these feelings and the slowing down, and I'd love to actually hear a little more about the. What you said about the slowing down and how that can allow things to actually speed up because that doesn't—it makes sense to me now. But that used to make no sense to me whatsoever. And maybe you know, there's some of you listening out there who are thinking we're crazy we're
2: talking about <laughs> what this. are I'm they drinking, drinking over tea. there? <laughs> um, <laughs> really yeah, I mean, I'm a former, I'm a former MBA. Well, I still am an MBA. I suppose I have it. So, but I'm a former, you know. Recovering type A person and and I never really got what that actually meant, and so I'll share it with you all this way. Um, there is a reason why you, when you find yourself in a situation that requires a courageous conversation, that your instinct is to fight or flee or freeze or freak out. you know those are kind of the major the major reactions that we have. And for good reason, because I bet if we were to take an inventory of all the conversations or situations you found yourself in, especially in relationship with other people or even situations that were just challenging for you, there are people that don't play nice. And, um, when they see a chink in the armor, as you would say, or, uh, or a tender spot, as I would say, they will go in for the kill to get you. Right. And and (laughs) I've actually done that to people. I mean, this is, I'm so, (laughs) (laughs) you know, know, my (laughs) former relationship before Noah, we were like pros at it. Like if there was uh, an extreme sport for that, we would have been like gold medal winners. Oh gosh. Yeah. And, and Noah and i we, we don't do that at all. we can see each other's tender spots, but we have a agreement in our marriage that um, we never hit below the belt um, and so even when we feel that we can see it, we never we never stab there or hit there's been if you any of you are in partnership, I highly um recommend taking that one on, never hit below the belt it's really saved us from a lot of um cleanup on the other on the other side yeah. um And that part of you, that part of you that is protecting you, right, that goes into fight or flight or freeze or whatever, from a yogic perspective, physiologically, what happens is your whole nervous system freaks out. Your sympathetic nervous system, which is the one that's like, you know, go adrenaline, gets activated. From an emotional perspective, depending on whether you're a person who puts up walls and fights or you're a person who retreats and becomes a doormat, you respond and then your inner critic or what I call your inner mean girl for girls or inner mean dude for guys up here goes crazy and creates all, you know, she's the one who comes speaking through the loudspeaker. And they love to blame and point the fingers and chop heads off. And and, and in the moment it might feel really good and in the moment it might even protect you but in the end, it totally screws you over, and it totally sabotages you, and then you have to clean up on aisle six, right? <laughs> you have to go back and repair, or you just keep repeating the same freaking pattern over and over and over again. And if you keep responding from that place of the fear, which is the freak out, the flight, the the freeze, or the you know just that full on fear response, you will never get. To a higher level of possibility, or solution, or awareness. So there's this other part of you, both spiritually and mentally and physiologically, that exists, but it operates at a slower, um, a slower pace. Like even as I was speaking, you could feel me, like you know, like speeding up, speeding up, speeding up. And so the yogis, everyone just go ahead and do this with me right now. Take your hands, your left hand and your right hand, and just bring it down like this and set it right here in your heart. Just close your eyes. Just take a deep breath with me. Like for real, I mean. Go ahead and just do it. Just take a deep inhale. And an exhale all through your nose. Just do it one more time. Inhale. Inhale. Just extend it slightly and then slowly exhale, allowing your navel to float back to your spine and your shoulders to relax. Let's just do one more. One more breath in. Just really inhaling and then slowly exhaling. The yogis say that if you can access your neutral mind which this mudra which brings your left and right hemisphere of your brain together joins your parasympathetic and your sympathetic nervous system together if you can find the neutral mind you can know your truth in 9 seconds you can just slowly open your eyes and you just feel the difference in, in what you feel right now. And when we breathe like that, it's, um, you know, the yogis, which have been, they've, you know, they've been studying this stuff, you know, for 5,000 years, so they kind of know something. I, am, I, I use yoga as a big, huge piece of my life. Um, I use it for myself. I use it with everyone I work with. It's, it's how I make myself respond from what some of the, I call it the inner wisdom. You might call it your higher self. Um, lots of different names for it. But it is that place inside of you that actually knows the truth, that can respond from what's called loving truth. So instead of responding from fear, which I kind of think of it like as if you had a broadcasting station inside your nervous system that, you know, like in your mind that like shot things out, Um, fear, I always call it 88.9, F-E-A-R, F-M, like that's the station of that inner mean girl, inner critic, inner mean dude that acts from fear. There's this other channel there really is your connection to your inner wisdom, which, of course, is your connection to the divine, which is your connection to know that everything's going to be okay. I always say it's 108.00 FM because 108 is one of the most significant numbers in the, in the universe. In fact, on my phone every day at 108, I have a little alarm that goes off and a little harp. And it just is remi- reminding me to tune into my inner wisdom and to choose to listen to that versus whatever crazy fear might be you know, broadcasting over here. Alice Walker, um, who's an amazing writer, the pri- Nobel Prize winner of *The Color Purple*, she says she said it the best ever: "The wisdom is in the pause. The wisdom is in the pause. So if you're not slowing down, that inner wisdom, the one that speaks from the heart, that will say the truth. You know, your inner wisdom and your inner inner critic, inner mean girl, they, they can be saying the same thing. They'll say it different." For you know, example, if I walk into the kitchen and I see the kitchen's a mess, which sometimes it is because while Noah is an amazing, wonderful person, he doesn't see things like broccoli on the floor or eight, open egg cartons on the, you know, and it just, it just it makes my whole system go like, ah, you know, so I walk in and my, my, my inner mean girl, who's a little bit of a perfectionist, she'll spot everything that's wrong and then she loves to blame, so she'll start blaming and criticizing, which... Gets the job done, but doesn't really make Noah feel very amorous towards me or very open, right? <laughs> so I slow down. I do, and this is a very simple example, but it's it's it takes practice. I, I breathe. I take a couple breaths, and then I allow the loving truth to come in. And I, I basically I will look at Noah and I'll be like, Noah. We have a coherency problem in the kitchen. There's a coherency problem, which means like things are incoherent. I'm like, and I'll make a joke out of it. I'll be like, I think the gremlins must have come out of the cabinets and had a party. There's broccoli all over the floor. And it invites in this play because my inner wisdom is very playful. And it creates a whole other dynamic in our conversation. Right? Yeah. Versus like, you know, <laughs> rah, 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 or like the loving truth is this is kind of a mess maybe we should pick it up. And it's a, it's a very simple one, but it's, it's something that I think I invite us all, invite you to consider and to start to notice in any situation, if you want your wisdom to speak, you have to slow down and to slow down because your nervous system is literally freaking out. You know, for whatever fear is running underneath there and it wants to let that inner saboteur speak, the inner mean girl speak, to give yourself the space to slow down, to breathe. And then here's the piece that goes to be to lead everyone with the vulnerability is to let what happens unfold. So oftentimes we want to control and drive to what's going to happen. So here's the other part of slowing down. I may walk into the kitchen and want this whole interaction to be done in a minute. It may take 10 minutes. Because I can't drive to the final conclusion. I have to let Noah respond, and then he'll respond, yeah. and then I'll respond, and then he'll respond. And so there's this interaction that's going back and forth, and that's the same thing when we've had conversations about the egg carton or the broccoli on the floor to major life decisions in our you know relationship, whether we're going to stay married or not. It's the same practice. You don't save it up. Slowing down for the biggies, you practice it every day, and then you become strong at it, just like practicing yoga it's it is yoga it's yeah. yoga for the modern life
1: yeah no that's really beautiful i uh, I heard so so much wisdom in in what you shared, and you know one piece that really comes through that I want to highlight is uh Just that in the slowing down, that is when the inner wisdom comes through because it's if if, if we're moving so fast and we think that by moving fast, we're going to create whatever it is we want to create. But when we tune into the inner wisdom, it's like. it it can be a beautiful shortcut to a a, a, lot and not have to go through all this noise or all this other Mm -hmm. like there's so many obstacles that we can create when we stay at that other level of the inner mean girl level or just the level of okay I need to do this and then that and then we can take ten different actions that actually didn't need to be taken if we'd taken a few minutes to tune in (laughs) and um, yeah and and then there's a really beautiful and elegant shortcut that we missed uh, because we're free out, so it's um, yeah, it's uh, and then in what you described in the interaction with Noah, just uh, how there's so much noise and friction that can be created when you just go into well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> versus uh, you know joking about the criminal gremlins and like, and um, then there's a camaraderie that can develop and a connection actually around something that was irritating. So
2: uh, those are just a few of the pieces that I heard. Yeah, and I'll I'll add to that love is that one of the reasons why we respond like that in partnerships, whether it's blame or criticism, is really important piece, is we're not getting what we need. And here's the self-courageous conversation. And so it's easy for me to blame. It's easy for all of us to blame other people, you know, whether it's a little thing like, you know, that, like, you know, there's an egg carton on the ground or it's something big, like, you know, you caused this pain in my life. And in those moments when I slow down, I'm also at the same time asking myself, what am I not getting that I need? Hmm. That's causing me to show up as this cranky, short, pushy, bossy. That's how my personality shows up. Now, there's different types. This is why you have to know. You've got to know how that, that fear, inner critic, inner mean girl shows up, what that shows up like for you. In yogic terms, we call it your stress personality. You want to know how your stress personality shows up for you. So I know my cranky, crabby, short, bossy, pussy, pushy. That's my, <laughs> and when that's happening, I'm having this whole inner dialogue of like, wow, Christine, like what's going on for you? Like, why, what are you getting? What are you projecting onto Noah, like in this case? And that requires a deep degree of self-honesty, which is a deep degree of self-love to be able to say to yourself, and usually for me, it's like I'm not feeling taken care of. I'm feeling I'm yeah. too busy, and that's where that, like, that's where the shift starts to come in, is when you can turn it into yourself, not by yeah. blaming yourself, but but by giving yourself the loving truth about what what what's going what's going on in here.
1: Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, thank you for sharing that, and I uh, I'm going to. Turn our attention now towards, or maybe you've already sort of started to share <laughs> <laughs> about about the. I know you had a story that you wanted to share uh, about a courageous conversation you've been having with yourself and yeah. in your life, and and uh, I'd love to to hear that now.
2: Well, I was feeling into slowing down to feel into which which courageous story would most help, um, could most serve you really. Cause it's that, that's my goal of being here. Um, and it kind of threads back to where we started in the, in the beginning where I was saying that I think we do a great disservice to each other, especially as women, as sisters, to not tell the, the truth about how we're really feeling on the inside and how we try to make it look like every, you know, except for me those one or two girlfriends that, you know, we have or maybe a coach or whatever that we, that we just, everything is great, everything is great, everything is fine, you know, like all these veils that we put up, and I um, I have the great honor of working with a lot of different women and talk to a lot of different women all around the world, and one thing that I see that's prevalent in all of us, and it's prevalent in me, that's why I can see it, is the sheer amount of stress and pressure that we're under to um, maintain our lives, to to, to try to create what we feel and hear and we want to, you know, we want to achieve to, um, to take care of those we love and to be the graceful women that we want to be. And, and so I wanted to share a story with you all that impacts, has impacted both my professional life, my personal life with Noah, and also uh, my own relationship with myself that required three courageous kind of conversations um, simultaneously. And, I think this will relate. You'll, so there'll be some 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 similar situation in your life that you can relate this to, and then share with you what I've learned to do about this and how grateful I actually am for this this kind of situation that normally um, is really really hard. Does that sound good?
1: Yeah, that sounds awesome. Perfect. Okay, yeah.
2: So so the so the so the 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 phenomenon that I'm about to tell a story about, I like to call it the Superwoman Sob. And the superwoman sob is that moment where you find yourself kind of under after under so much pressure that all of a sudden you just find yourself in absolute tears. And the pressure and the burden and the overwhelm and the multitasking, like it all just becomes too much. And this has happened a couple times in my life. Um, I'm going to tell you a specific story about something that happened to me when my, when I was writing my second book. And what I've learned about when this happens to me is that it's a major warning signal for me—a major um, like tug from the divine, from my own heart—that something's out of alignment. Because while you know the yogis would say that you can't avoid stress in your life, stress is going to happen, so expect it. But the kind of stress that brings you to, you know, to tears um, is really a warning signal to say something's not working here. And so for me, I think this was my second superwoman sob. I think it was my second superwoman, that I was aware of. And I was writing my second book and I was madly in love with me, which is about self-love, funny enough. Um, And I um, I I was living in Oakland in this, you know, Beautiful little cottage with Noah, and I was leaving often to go and write and work on the book because I didn't really like working in Oakland, and so I would drive up to Wine Country, where I live now, literally maybe a mile from here, and I would stay at my friend Nan's and I would write. And at the same time, I was also, um, you know, I was also coaching people. I was running not one but two online programs at the same time. and I was also running a second company, um, Intermediary Reform School, with my former partner, Amy Ehlers, and I'm sure there's had a dog, and I'm sure there's all <laughs> kinds of other things, you know, in there. And on paper... And paper, I think both my businesses were grossing like you know close to half a million dollars, maybe 400 500 dollars, some something like that. And I had my second book deal, and I'm running these programs, and you know, I'm in wine country, and I'm writing, and I'll never forget Cavelina and everyone sitting on this. I was sitting outside in Nan's backyard on this chair, and I just broke into tears because. No even though I was working so hard, and I had all this great stuff happening, and on paper, there was all this money, I didn't have enough it didn't to to pay my bills like I had enough to pay my bills, but the pressure was so intense like to pay my mortgage and pay my taxes and pay for my assistance and and then we have to run two programs and write a book at the same time and hold space for all these people and take care of my dog like I was just like I couldn't handle it anymore like I was just like this there's 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 no there's no more of me and it in, on paper it looked like in order to be able to sustain myself I had to make more money and I'm like uh, there's no more like I have no I have no more to give here and mm-hmm. Noah was working his corporate job you know which was I think he might, he might have left by then not sure but he had no more there was no more capacity coming over there because he was working his corporate job and so I just remember It was like, they just come and, and I was so stressed out you all at this time, a little side note. A week prior, while well, getting ready for one of my online live calls, I was so stressed out and so ahead of myself, I walked smack into a, um open cabinet door and sliced my head open. Oh, really? I, had a little Harry, I had a little Harry Potter scar right, right here, um, but it was a warning signal like, Christine, you're moving so fast, you're so out of your body. Now, in the past, I might have pushed myself even harder to do something else, um, which would not have been a good idea. Um, but instead, I slowed down. And partly this is because I had been now studying the feminine for six years. I was living the feminine. I, I trusted the feminine way of slowing down. And I, and I knew if I could just slow down long enough to connect into my inner wisdom, that there would be an answer there for me. So courageous conversation number one, talking to self to the inner wisdom. So I closed my eyes. It's always really good to talk to your inner wisdom. You can close your eyes and put your hand on your heart. And I took a breath and I said, okay, what's the truth? What's the truth here? And this little voice said, the little wisdom voice, not little, but it's like, you know, small. And it said, Christine, something's out of alignment. This is when I realized that the superwoman sob meant that there was something out of alignment. I'm like, well, what's out of alignment? And the voice said, the debt that you're carrying is crushing you. And so that was, you know, debt for creating my company, which happens when you're an entrepreneur, which was needed to be restructured. But the bigger debt was the house, right? This huge, big, you know, mortgage and debt. And the thing was, I didn't like my house. I didn't want to live in my house. I was never in my house. I was always in wine country all the time. And so it was like this indicator that said, like the debt is crushing you. You need to sell the house. And you need to go be free. And I was like, "Huh? You want me to sell this, like, you know, house that I have?" And while well, this was after the market crash, this was after the Big Short happened. <laughs> and um, and I go home. So that's like, that's. And I and I knew it was truth. I knew it was truth. So I go home. Greatest conversation number two. And I say to Noah, Noah, we have to sell the house. Do re- sell the house. He's like, "Well, Christine." it's underwater by like, Oh, I don't know. A hundred thousand dollars. Right. Because that's what was going on in California for any of you that are in the Midwest. You're like, what is she talking about? California crazy, <laughs> it's a crazy real estate market. And, and so I was, and I'm like, I just know that we, if, if we have, like, we, we have to sell this house and we have to, we gotta go be free. We gotta go, we gotta go live our dream. Noah, our dream is to go live and work from anywhere in the world. And he's like, he didn't just go okay. He, you know, it took him a little while to get there as well. But he's like, okay, like I trust you. Like I trust you. And then I'm like, so when that what that means, you all, when you decide to short sell your house, you have to stop paying your mortgage. I'm from the Midwest. I have an MBA. I had an 800 credit score. You don't just stop paying your mortgage. Like that is not something you do, no. right? And so, courageous conversation number three with myself, which was, Christine, what's more important, your credit score? or your happiness and your health? And do you really trust your inner wisdom? And now I'm not going to lie to you and say, like, oh, right away I was like, yes! Duh. Because there was a part of me that said, you go push more, you go create more. And that was the piece, the business piece of like, actually, you know what, no, if that's the business that I'm creating, I'm not interested in it. I'm not interested in creating a business that drains me and sacrifices me. I'm not doing it anymore because that's not the feminine way. And that is not how abundance works. I don't care how much money I'm making. That is not abundant. So we did. We, um, you know, so those many conversations you could see and all honest and all allowing myself to have the emotion and the human feeling. And then after having the emotion, the human feeling, using my faith, using my spiritual practice, using love, using my, 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 my inner wisdom to elevate myself, to see that there was some other reality wanting to emerge. And from that place on faith and trust and grounded knowing, I made my choice. We let go of the house. We gave back our car. We lived in the world for three years without a house, without a car, traveled around the world, and had a great time. And now I, now I'm back, <laughs> back <laughs> Valley of the Moon. Yeah. Um, so that's my that's my story.
1: Wow, that's that's really. Uh... Amazing. And I mean, I, I I sort of have known pieces of it, but I don't think I've ever heard you tell the whole thing like that. So uh, thank you for sharing that. And there are so many pieces along the way where um, you can see, like, if you just stay with, well, what you're supposed to do or what your conditioning is, or what your training is, or, oh, it's wrong to stop paying your mortgage or, oh, you shouldn't, you need to have, a, you have a house, you need to have a house and... Well, it's it's not okay to go and like let go of all your possessions and travel the world for several years or for whenever Noel left his job to leave your secure corporate job or to so there are so many steps along the way where you tuned in and had a different conversation with yourself than the than, than most people do which is why you now have created this life. And I'd love for you to actually take a moment to share, like, where are you now? And what is your life like now? And what is your business like now? Because I think it's really inspiring to see from that moment of, what did you call it it was such a great term like Uh, superwoman sob yes the super (laughs) you went from superwoman sob to you know (laughs) this gorgeous sanctuary well i'll let you tell it so you know um yeah and then then i'll go back to the
2: story and say a little more but i want to know where you where did you end up tell us well, um, people often, you know, when people you get on the phone with people and they say, you know, hi, how, hello, how, how are you today? And we either say good or bad or fine or whatever. My answer always is, is that I'm in the yoga of life, and by that, what I mean, um, and I am a certified yogini. I did go and get the get the goods and the knowledge because what I realize is that with all the spiritual knowledge I had and all the emotional wisdom I had without the physical piece like I wasn't able to manage the pressure and stress in my life without that practice and one of the things I learned that I really appreciated from the yoga the yogis is that them saying that the time that we live in right now is a time that they predicted for many years when we would face such pressure and such stress and such overstimulation and so much noise and you know just that there's just so much coming at us that if we don't have physical practices and spiritual practices, we'll just freaking melt under the pressure or we'll, re- we'll react instead of responding from that place of, of our wisdom where we can have these courageous conversations. And, and so, you know, the, the truth is that I don't think there's any perfect life. Um, there is the ability to show up, and here's where I am, in my life with what is, and continue to every day meet the challenge or to meet the victory from what I would say an elevated level of consciousness. So where am I? I am in a place where I do live in this beautiful valley of the moon because my inner wisdom said, Christine, you need to live in valley of the moon. And then this house appeared in this, you know, crazy, crazy, crazy way. I um, mean, just look at this. Look at the sky over here. We got a waterfall. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. Um, but I didn't manifest it. You know, I I, I opened to it coming because this is what I needed to support me to do the work that's coming through me now. And so where I am now is living in this beautiful sanctuary with Noah. We're rerouting. And I'm really clear on what I'm here to do, which is to hold space for as they elevate their lives as they elevate the realities to create businesses and families and careers and lives that are sustainable and successful like that's our personal happiness and health is part of the equation of success so where am i i'm doing i'm doing it to the best of my ability so today i just had a courageous conversation with noah who told me that i had to totally changed my plans for the summer and the fall because i was repeating an old pattern that creates a lot of stress and work and unhappiness for Christine. And he had to be courageous. And he's like, I challenge you, Christine. And I was like, Oh, challenge me, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then like I'll open up and be like, okay, what's here for me? And so I'm just my word is elevate. That's, that's, that's in every situation. Have the feeling, having my feeling, having my emotion, asking what's out of alignment, asking what could be elevated to an even more expansive, abundant reality. And then making sure I get what I need. And I don't totally know how to do that yet. I'm doing it every day by how I live. And I do believe that it is the, um, if there was a third wave of feminism, I believe this is it to create this, this new, this, this way of sustainable of living. Um, so between that and, you know, I'll always self-love is my, I think everything stems from self-love. Um, I couldn't have made the choice to, choose my happiness over my credit score if I didn't truly love myself. And so that um, my dream would be that by the time I live the planet, live the planet, self-love is part of our everyday life. It's as normal as self-esteem.
1: I love that. So it's like self-love and sustainable success and elevating so you can get to, to that place. Uh, seem to be some of the, the beautiful themes that are emerging and I love that when I asked you the question you actually didn't focus on I mean yeah the like okay well now I'm living here and I make this much money doing this much work and instead it was really about The embodiment of a certain energy, I mean, it was, of course, we we love seeing the beautiful view of your sanctuary, but it was (laughs) from a place of this is my sanctuary, not like, oh, look at this thing that I have, right? It, It was from a place of real alignment, like this is the place where I want to create and serve. And this is the place that nurtures my work and my soul and my marriage. And, you know, so it it, it, it just, um it came through uh, with a very different energy than what you described before, you mm-hmm. know, having the house and the car and the two businesses and the, you know, large income. And, you know, it just um energetically felt so different and I love that really this is what you're teaching women to create or to cultivate within themselves is that place inside which they can be doing the work that they came to this planet to do in a way that is sustainable for them and their families and they can actually enjoy their lives and I love the weaving in of this of the spiritual practice or the, the 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 spiritual practice that helps you care for your body which uh I think is so important because even inside of the kind of life that you have built it's um there's still you know th- th- there are still a lot of stresses and there are still a lot of things that go on and there's a <laughs> lot of you know stuff to process for this body to process and and uh there isn't enough emphasis on it. it's like. Taking care of your body has become so much about looking good, which, you know, I'm not knocking looking good, but that shouldn't be the primary reason for taking care of your body. And it's coming from such a different place to say, OK, I want to I want to nourish and take care of. Uh, the, this this vessel that I have for my soul, for my great work, to help my body process stress. I mean, the, it, or to just be more present and, and hold my energy or whatever it is, right? But, but it's from, um, it, it came from such a different place what I was receiving from you in terms of caring for your body too. It came from a place of self-love.
2: <laughs> you were
1: did, yeah, yeah. It, it did yeah, it did.
2: Thank yeah. you for for noticing that and and that really you know it's it's interesting teaching the divine feminine and because it's it's such it's, it's you have to feel it. There are like practical things that are totally connected to it, but it really is a feeling mm-hmm. and. I'll just, you know, share one last courageous conversation that I had with myself today, this week, and and just to kind of circle back to everything you are saying, Kavita, Lila. Noah and I were sitting down with our, um, we have a third person who works with us. She's like our kind of business advisor, helps us kind of just manage our finances and our money, just helps have a third person. So it's not always like, sometimes it's good to bring a third person, you know, in. And so she really helps us elevate the way that we're thinking about things, and I was looking at um, kind of, and I'm still an MBA. I still look at spreadsheets. I love spreadsheets. I don't make them. No one makes them. Um, and I, <laughs> I'm looking at them and I'm looking at, you know, my projections that I know how much money you know, needs to come in and how much money goes out because that's just being a smart business woman. And I'm looking at, you know, the projections for the year and all the things I could do. And I'm thinking of the things that I would like to have, you know, that I would, that I would invest money in or whatever. And I'm looking at all this and then I'm just like, Yeah, I could make that happen from the way I used to do things. Like I could push it. I could make it happen. And I was like, that is a lot of work. That is a lot of work. That is a lot of work. And I was like, it wouldn't even matter if I got that. You know, it wouldn't matter if I got the million dollar house or this million dollar business or the million, none of that matters to me. What matters to me is that I am, I am in alignment with what my soul is here to do, that I'm in alignment with my purpose, my service, and what's, I want the flow to move through me. And that's not easy. You know, I mean, there's a lot of lip service to that. And so I just want a presence for anyone out there who is, you know, trying to do it differently or is um, trying to live in the flow or is, you know, trying to work in this more feminine way that we're all kind of figuring it out right now. And allowing it to show us how to be that way. And it takes a tremendous amount of patience. Yeah. Just like the vulnerability piece where we started at. Yeah. And 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 I um my mean girls are not very patient. And I definitely did not come from the patient club. I always joke I was I was born ahead of myself. So, so I um I was, I was three weeks early, but I um <laughs> I just had courageous conversation. I, I just really hope that um you know, Kavita, Lula, and I have some really amazing conversations about daring to do things differently and trusting and taking our spiritual practice and putting it into to reality in our um, in our lives and how we serve the world. And she's a you know she's used to you, know, you ran up the ranks of being a lawyer. Either one of us could go out into the world and, and push our way through in that way. But I think we all know that when you achieve that way and you get there. There's either an emptiness or it's like a short-lived kind of, um, of accomplishment. This is why the Balinese call us the hungry ghosts. And um, you know, we're always like more and more and more. And I am just such a stand for all of us um, operating in a different way. Yeah. To truly love ourselves enough and to say to the systems, to say, and talk about courageous conversations, to say, wherever it is that you are making your impact, we're not freaking doing that anymore. Whatever that is, that self-sacrifice and that pressure and that pushing and the competition, like, no, we're not doing it anymore. And to be willing, if if every single woman in the world was willing to do that, this whole world would change like that, like that, like that, like that, like that. Like that. So that is, that's, that's the courageous conversation that i call us all into from a place of loving truth is to love ourselves so much, That we are willing to stay true to ourselves, even if that means disappointing another. Hmm. And to believe that if you're true here, all of our hearts, and you follow this, you will be, spirit will be guiding you to what you're here to do. And I and I in this time of the world, it's we have to be able to listen to this. We can't afford not to, because it's the only place that knows how to do this yeah yeah that's that's That's, that's the gatherers' women to share so thank you so much for the circle and for all of you for coming here to have these conversations that can elevate all of us
1: that's really beautiful Christine yes and thank you for for being here and for for sharing your wisdom and I uh I'd love to hear if there's anything else that you want to I mean you just gave us some really beautiful takeaways. If Is there anything else that you want the women to take with them from what you shared today the key messages. One thing I just heard that I thought was really important was you know to follow your truth even if it means disappointing someone else and that's that's a really tough one for women in particular because we care so much about others and what other people think and we don't want to disappoint people. So I, I, that one was really important. That was, is there anything else in addition to all of the amazing things you've just said?
2: Well, that vow that you just said, it's the fifth vow of self love. I will stay true to myself, even if that means disappointing another. Um, Take that vow, take it for real zeal, and to take it and, uh, I just gave this. Um, I'm we're in. I'm in. We're in. We're. I'm in, in, in the middle of a 40 day practice. It's all about turning burnout into balance. And I just shared this with all the women, and I said, "Here's the thing about self love. Sometimes we do wacky things that doesn't make any sense, but if it works, I say do it." So with a vow. The thing with taking a vow, and I learned this from a Huna, a huna shaman, he said, so whenever you take a vow, you say it three times to yourself. And I said, okay, Huna shaman, I believe you. So With that vow, I promise to stay true to myself, even if that means disappointing another, I invite you, dare you to find yourself in front of a mirror and look in the mirror, put your hand on your heart, and really repeat that vow to yourself three times, slowly, and let it sink into your body. And then here's the power of a self-love promise is that in the moments when you're about to sacrifice yourself, sell yourself out, sabotage yourself, you know, like this, this, this inner mean girl, fear your voice over here, take over, say that vow to yourself, say it until you can get over here to hear the loving truth. And even if it scares you, cause it will, cause it will have the courage, have the heart, to step forward and do it anyway, and believe that if you do it from love and from loving truth, and remember that loving truth—that's like also implant that in the memory ring. If you do it from loving truth, the universe, spirit takes care of everything else. And it might take you a little time to get to loving truth. You know, if you have an inner Negro who likes to blame, like mine, um, <laughs> you might have to just you know look inside. So I think that would be that would be number one that I would share and then just a second, two other pieces is one, be willing to be vulnerable in the sense of how Noah says of, of allow yourself to be impacted by the other person and note that people will show you who they are. Um, and so that doesn't mean just rush in and open up the this, this sensitive heart to everybody. You may unfold it like little petals. like, Oh, I let this person in this much. Okay. They didn't, they didn't kill me. Okay. I'm going to do it a little bit more. Oh, okay. They, 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 you know, they held me even if they were scared so that you learn how open you can be. But the loving truth never wavers, even with people who can't hear you and be with you. That just tells you how vulnerable you can actually be. Yeah. And then third, expect stress. But if you find yourself in burnout or overwhelm or pressure, you have to have a courageous conversation with yourself is what am I feeling? What's out of alignment and what do I need? And you have to be willing to ask yourself those questions so those are my three those are my three superpower tools as I like to call them.
1: Awesome. those are great tools. Thank you so much for for sharing them and uh, now I'd love for you to tell us you know if uh ladies out there I'm sure there are many of you who want to get to know Christine better and I know you have a great Free gift for us. There's a link right below this video. So if Christine, you could just tell us a bit about this free gift you have for us.
2: Yeah, sure. Well, um, I'm a big believer that the more awareness you have about who you are and how your internal operating system works, the more capable you are of actually acting as the graceful, loving, truthful woman that you want to be versus the crazy banana, you know, fearful thing that happens over here. So I um, put together um, a quiz, the short quiz to help you identify what kind of inner Mean Girl you have. There are actually thirteen different types that exist for women, uh, and one you can actually when you when you learn what kind you have and what their motivation is, it helps you start to turn that channel from the fear channel to the loving truth channel. And I don't even know how you how you do that if you don't really understand what that. Inner critic, saboteur, thing that's trying to protect you—actually is. So that's that's number one inside of there. And um, I have five inner mean girls. I know them all very well. It's <laughs> all been transformed. And then within that, there's also um, a um, a feminine superpower package that you also get that helps you really strengthen that connection to your inner wisdom, to really, 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 truly like trust this heart. And so just like you build a relationship in a marriage, you need to build a relationship with that inner wisdom, which of course is spirit connected to your heart and your soul. And that's such, that's really the, that's, that's where all of my, my work orients around. And there are simple practices that you can do every day that will strengthen that. You don't have to sit on a mountain for two hours a day. That's not how it's meant to be. Um, there are little things that you can do in three to 11 minutes that can make a huge difference in the capacity for you to, to to be an open channel, to receive that information and to trust your heart to move from there. So I give you both sides, give you, give you that woo spotlight on the inner mean girl and the fear and then like how do you deepen that connection to your feminine wisdom or your inner wisdom if you're a man to be able to move from that place and really be the graceful, compassionate, strong woman that you are.
1: Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Thank you. Those are such great gifts and great tools for, you know, really getting in touch with, well, how are the inner mean girls getting in the way of your wisdom and the conversations you need to have and getting really tuned into your heart and your wisdom. I mean, uh, those are such powerful tools to help you speak up from your heart. So I encourage you to take a look at them and work with them. And, uh, you know, Christine's, uh, Christine's quite brilliant with putting together these methods and these uh, just it, it pathways into yourself, helping you discover hidden parts of yourself that you didn't even know you needed to deal with or not deal with, I shouldn't put it that way. Love. We want to Work love live. them. Love. We want to love them.
2: They're just those tender places inside <laughs> oh, of you that are like, they're goodness. like, I will protect you no matter what. Yeah. Uh, they all need to be loved back. They just, got, they just yeah. need love. They need you to be a great mama to them and bring them back in. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much.
1: Christine, for, for being here with us today and sharing your wisdom. I've, uh, I, I've gotten some great reminders today, too, just from interacting with you, as I always do. And uh, is there anything else you'd like to say in closing?
2: No, just wishing you, like, I think, just, just thank you and wishing you all um, just such love and to remember that the challenges that show up in your life aren't because you're doing anything wrong. This is what life is. And it's how we show up and meet our challenges and meet our victories that matters. And if you can just have that prayer in your heart to be the graceful, calm, compassionate, centered, and fiery woman you are um, by choosing to really honor love and honor yourself and honor the feminine within you and just have awareness, that's all you have to have. Not perfection. I yeah. still sometimes I never hit below the belt, but I have no been known to hit on the belt. Um, (laughs) I can be no, I can go there still, no matter how much of a yogini I am. So be compassionate with yourself. Be compassionate with others. And just remember this whole life is an experiment. And just keep elevating and keep asking and being in awareness and keep choosing love.
1: Yes, beautiful. Thank you so much, Christine. And thank you, everyone, for listening in. Bye, everybody.
0: This has been Wealth Alchemy Lab, the only show teaching you how to follow a spiritual path to money, pleasure, and purpose. To stay connected to our community, join our Facebook group, also called Wealth Alchemy Lab. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. To check out today's guest, visit epicdreamacademy.com forward slash podcast.